Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is EJ and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Paranet Podcast, we will be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and more. We will be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Parenting through the teenage years is challenging. We all know it. We are often met with sighs, silence, and stares. And we often ask ourselves, how can we avoid these responses from our teenagers as we navigate the turbulence of the teenage hormonal changes? With all the changes happening in their bodies and brains, our teens can experience strong emotions very quickly. As parents, are there ways we can change our communication methods to avoid triggering those responses? So today on our Paranet Podcast, I'm really glad to have with me Alicia Boo, a working mother of four children. Welcome Alicia to the Paranet Podcast. Thank you, EJ. Hi, everybody. So maybe to start us off, Alicia, could you share with us and all our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your family? Sure. So I'm a working mom currently. I work as a counsellor and I uh, have four children. I'll start with the youngest. Uh, my youngest are a pair of twin boys. They are primary one this year. New milestone for them, so they are seven years old. Uh, my daughter is in primary four. She's turning 10. And we have a newly minted teenager in our home. My oldest uh, is a boy and he's turning 13 this year and in secondary one. Wow, thank you so much, Alicia, for sharing with us with your family. I'm so amazed. Four children and through <laughs> spanning across uh, various age range from primary and right now into the secondary age group. So you are really the right person to talk with us on this topic today regarding mistakes that we commonly make as parents when communicating with our teenagers. It's so right to say our teenagers are going through this intense period of emotional and mental and physical development some of which may not be so obvious to us as parents, you know, resulting in us often feeling very frustrated because we don't get you know, why they are so moody or sullen even uh, at times. So some parents have also lamented to all of us how it is an uphill task you know, to get their teenagers to share what's going on in their lives. For example, they may not want to share what went on in their daily, what went on in school, or what made them so upset, or even what they're happy about. Alicia, you could share with us, what are some mistakes that we commonly make, or even from your own experience when it comes to conversing and connecting with our teenagers? And I know sometimes these are common mistakes that we make as parents, even though we have the best of intentions. Sure. But maybe let me just start off by saying that I have a two-week experience in terms of interacting with my teenager. We are two weeks into the new school year. So uh, it is still a very refreshing experience for me and my husband. But you know, EJ, you're mentioning about how sometimes teenagers, right, uh, can become a little bit more moody and sullen, right? Yeah, actually, when you said that, it just reminded me that I've already observed this a little bit more even just in this two weeks of the opening year. As I shared, I have a new teenager in my home in secondary one and I think it's maybe due to the changes in the new environment, the new schooling environment and even the timing. My son is now the first out of the house at time of 6.30am to travel to school. 
you know, so that means waking up extra early and as we all understand, he would typically be very tired. So we are also noticing that his mood would uh, fluctuate and we have learned to kind of uh, be observant about that and just be mindful that, yeah, we can understand he's a bit grouchy because he's tired and hungry. So definitely that one we have observed. When I was thinking about so-called the three mistakes, right? Actually, I, I'm sure you agree with me, EJ. There's going to be more than three mistakes, right? <laughs> yes. When it comes to interacting with our teenagers and what we should avoid. But if I can maybe just share those that I think they are more relevant in my parenting experience right now. I'll say the first one, very easy, and my husband agree with me, that we should avoid talking more than we listen, aka nagging. <laughs> agree. Yeah, because I think parents often we want to jump in because we think that we already know like what's going to happen or what our child may be bringing up, you know. But oftentimes we just need to remind each other as husband and wives that our teenager in the making just wants to be heard more and they want to be understood. And when we give them that space where we demonstrate that we listen more, we will communicate that they are valued and cared for. Interestingly also, I have uh, observed, right, that my son reacts to my nagging at three levels. So normally when I start to repeat myself, maybe for the first time, my son will go something like, chill, mama, in quite a nice tone. So, okay, it's for me to catch the, the message, right? So for some reason, if I don't, and then I repeat myself again at some point throughout the day, or maybe a while later, and you go to level two, okay, he'll do this. And then the last, the so-called level three, it will escalate there. And if I still don't get it right, he will say, hmm, he'll do this. We start with the chill, mama. I must catch a message. And I must catch a signal that, okay, I think he heard it. He heard me and I should restrain. Lah. So don't nag and don't talk more than I listen. Mm -hmm. So I think this gift of listening that we can give to our growing teenagers, it's not new. Yeah, but it's something that we need to apply even more in this phase where I think they are learning to also navigate their new environment, navigate new schedules, and we need to give them that space that we are listening to them, you know, process either verbally or just give them space to yeah, get back to us later and don't next so much. If I can think of a second mistake to avoid, I will say, don't talk down. So maybe in my parenting experience, previously when they were, my children were younger, you need to give them a bit more instructions on what to do at a certain time. But as my oldest child, as he grows, I realized that there's really a lot of opportunity that I need to notice and catch it and to do this thing called just have a collaborative discussion with him. Give options and hear his opinions. As I mentioned, my son stepped into secondary one next year. He's managing an entire new schedule. He has a lot, a lot of administrative tasks to take note of. And uh, it came to a point where I realized that I really need to give him that space, right? To kind of figure out himself. And obviously, as teenagers, we, they still need our guidance as parents. But I think for myself and my husband, right, we are learning to handle it better in a more adult manner with him, with more discussion, with more collaborative hearing from each other. In essence, we're saying that we need to adapt the way that we talk to our son and to treat them almost like a mini adult, if I may, instead of just directing them and giving them instructions, but ask them for their views, ask them for their opinions. Oh, how do you think you should manage these various things that you need to accomplish like by this week in your new school year, right? Also personally, I think that this is important because we need to be mindful that we don't invalidate their feelings. We need to be mindful that we need to affirm their sense of growing autonomy. And actually, if you think about it, right, sometimes if we can help or just give some pointers to our child to help them think through the various things they need to manage from different angles, Oftentimes, they're not right. 
our child or our growing teen will come to the correct decision themselves eventually. And I think that's the beauty of it. We restrain ourselves, but just give some pointers in certain sense of right direction and just give them that space to figure it out. And all this through uh, openness and talking and discussing with each other. Wow, you know, Alicia, as you were just sharing, I, I can't help, I find myself constantly just nodding my head in total agreement with what you've just mentioned because it speaks so much even to myself and I'm sure even for all our Parent Podcast listeners as well. As you mentioned, things like we learn to don't talk so much but learn to listen more, listening in because it helps them know that you're there with them, you're paying attention, you're giving them the attention, welcoming them, inviting them to even share more of what's going on in their lives. The second part where you talk about not talking down to them but seizing every opportunity to validate uh, their emotions, validating how they feel and getting them on board to collaborate even in the conversations itself. I find that it's so helpful. Well, today's conversation is about uh, speaking with teenagers, but I think even for parents with uh, younger children, we can start building that good communication foundations uh, there as well. Now, Alicia, I'd like to ask you because I often find myself in my communication with my own child too, that sometimes I tend to be quite critical mm. or I find myself sometimes maybe I'm just riled up in my emotions as well I'm triggered by his behavior I tend to speak negatively to him is this something that I should be watchful of or is this something you have also encountered in your personal journey in parenting a teenager too Wow, EJ, I think that's a very nice insight that you're sharing with us even for yourself as a parent and I can relate with that because the third mistake that I thought that I can grow in as a parent of a newly minted teenager is don't come across as condescending or inflexible. So I wanted to share this example of how we already discussed with uh, my son that when he came of age in secondary one, you know, he will be given a mobile phone as part of his uh, needs to communicate with his school and his teachers. And actually, I was quite proud that we signed a mobile phone contract together in a sense to kind of formalize, you know, our discussion like, okay, this is how, you know, uh, you will be using your phone. And uh, I say the word proud lah, because in my job, that's what we do, family life education and uh, reminding and equipping parents on how to handle even digital technology with our children as they become older. So we concretize everything into this mobile phone contract. And as I was relating this process with a friend just over the weekend, my friend paused for a moment and looked at me with a nice affirming smile and said that that's great Alicia, but you know what? After a while, right, you'll find that all this will change, you know. Then I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so it reminded me that things will change, the situations will evolve. And we cannot come across as archaic, no meaning to say that if we don't flow and again be open as uh, situations evolve, we might need to find ourselves a need to tweak in terms of our agreement on certain things that we might have mentioned previously because my son may bring up a situation where he will need to say that oh I may need to maybe use the phone in this certain setting you know and I cannot be come across as archaic or inflexible and say that no 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 uh, uh, we agreed on this remember in the first week of school we signed this mobile phone contract and therefore no and if I do that I think I may shut down the conversation I may kill the conversation and he may not be open and worse still he might do it behind our backs to avoid that I think it might be healthier then to kind of be open and flexible, but yet also knowing very clearly what are the principles that we will not bend, but maybe be open to situations that allow us to tweak certain elements of uh, what was previously agreed with our child. So I think it was a reminder that yeah, as our child grows, as the macro factors, so to speak, in the schooling environment evolve, that parents, we ourselves have to be open to flow with the changes and adjust accordingly in parenting our children. 
Wow, I mean, that's really a good reminder, learning to be flexible, adaptable uh, as the child goes through many changes in his or her life, especially through the teenage years. Because so often as parents, we can be very quick to jump in and sound very harsh, critical and very negative. And that sometimes easily shuts down the communication or builds up more barriers between uh, the parents and the children. Ultimately, in the long run, of course, that won't be helpful because trust is not obvious in the relationship and then you know children will not want to share more so really appreciate alicia's for these nuggets of wisdom that you are sharing with us some of these mistakes that as parents as we go through the parenting years with tweens becoming teens we can learn to avoid and better navigate those uh, situations with better forms of communication now moving on parenting through the teenagers is also a very wonderful milestone as you watch your children grow up adapting to the transitions in a new schooling life from the parents point of view it can be very unnerving because we're entering uncharted territories new grounds and like we mentioned earlier as we started today's podcast we are navigating through new seasons and so i'm sure parents are worried as well from your own experience alicia in navigating with your newly minted team are there some strategies or tips that you've personally tried or applied for yourself as well when in those moments where you don't really know what to do uh, when things are so complex and uncertain. Interesting you should ask that question, EJ, because just a few days ago, we had an episode at home where something did catch us off guard. So it was a normal conversation that we were having with uh, my son, my new teenager in the home. And I thought that by saying what I said, right, it will be conveyed to him as, oh, um, this is something that we're trying to help you to manage for your tomorrow's school day, some of the needs that you need to be mindful of. And when I shared what I shared, right, I received in a sense, a sort of an outburst from my son. It was very unprecedented, I would say. And then it kind of caught us off guard. And me and my husband, obviously, we didn't know how to handle because the outburst was, we did not expect it. But I think in that moment, we just kind of intuitively tried to practice like what we have often tried to remind each other, which is to have a cooling off period. So we said, okay, never mind. You know, maybe we will come back to this conversation later. Let's all just cool down. And I actually went to, to the room to be with my younger children because it was near bedtime. And I left my teenager outside to sort his things out and pack his bag. It was getting a little bit late as well. So we did that. You know, we do this cooling off period. And then what happened after that was something quite precious. Because my husband then texted me. He was in another part of the home. He said that, oh, um, our son responded this way because of this. Yeah, he was uh, feeling some sort of a pressure with regards to something that's coming up on the school front. And then uh, thanks to technology, right, my husband can tell me without telling me in person. <laughs> yes, so later on, when my son came into my room to brush his teeth and to end off the night for himself, when he came out from the bathroom, I went to him. And in that moment, right, my son kind of leaned in towards me for and reached out for a hug. Of course, I embraced him. And we embraced for very long and we hugged. And as we hugged, right, um, he also released some of his pent-up emotions related to his outburst earlier. It was very precious. It really gave me a chance to demonstrate my love for him by embracing him tightly. And just that lingering uh, hug that we shared, I think it spoke of uh, certain things that may be better off than saying. Later on, I also had the chance to affirm him and respond to what we knew was the underlying issue behind his outburst earlier. So all in all, it was a very, uh, a new one I also learned, raw, authentic moment raw and authentic. So it was a very raw, authentic moment at that point of time for us to yeah, embrace each other and then to kind of say that, okay, we understand and uh, we want to assure you of our love for you and things like that. So that was what happened. And then it reminded me where we often say perspective. Parenting is a long-term game. 
You know, sometimes we can be very intense or get very caught up in the moment. Yeah, but after a while, when time has lapsed and the situation is over, and even taking a longer step back, we realize that parenting is not just in this moment, but it's a long term. So having that perspective helps us then not to be too intense ourselves. And we need to trust the process, trust the process of parenting. It takes time, it takes seasons, it takes years. So having that perspective to remind us behind at the back of our minds is, is certainly helpful. There's a second thing I want to share with our friends and listeners is this thing about purpose. The topic today may be about raising teenager, but I don't think it's just about raising a teen. It's about growing an adult eventually. So again, in our work, we talk about having a growth mindset. You know, So if we realize that actually it's not just raising a teen, but growing an adult eventually, and then we will see that setbacks along the way in the parenting journey, we should not see it as just frustration, but formation. It's part of the process to build up, to build up each other, both for the parent and child. And it's really a reminder for me that not just my teenagers growing up, but I'm also growing myself as a parent and as an individual. Wow, you know, perspective and purpose. I felt those were really two big reminders for all of us parents because the daily parenting journey, you know, can get us all so caught up in the nitty gritty, you know, fighting the daily battles. So sometimes we tend to either not see things from the child's perspective or sometimes we lose focus on maybe the bigger picture that we are not only are we parenting uh, a teenager, but we are parenting then for the future to be purposeful young adults, you know, ready for their career, ready for their own families uh, as well. I really love what you shared earlier about that specific scenario that happened on the home front where you gave each other time to, to cool off that space. And I think we, we all need that because when emotions are so highly charged up, we just need the space to like, calibrate or recalibrate ourselves. And another point that you mentioned that, wow, it was a home run for me that really about that raw, authentic moment and that reinforces what you have shared earlier uh, the point where we need to be flexible when we see our child you know when they're responding back to us we learn not to bear and hold those grudges earlier so tightly but when it comes for a hug let's respond let's be authentic and relate because this is our children they are opening up we all know teenage uh, years they may not be so quick to show their emotions to be so authentic but when they do show it let's respond it in love yeah, so thank you so much, Alicia, for reminding us. And I, if I may borrow your phrase from earlier in today's podcast, you mentioned that our children are coming of age. Our teenagers are coming of age, you know. So as they go through so many changes and the way they respond may sometimes um, cause us to feel very frustrated, angst and navigating some of these uncharted territories. But let's be reminded to remain consistent throughout, you know, with that perspective in mind and with a greater sense of purpose in mind too. So thank you so much Alicia for sharing your strategies and tips. I believe that many parents will benefit from today's episode of the Parent Podcast and reaching us that you know how to stay present without helicoptering in all the time, hopping over all our children. It's definitely one of the tensions for many. We want to be there for our kids but we don't want to overdo the helicoptering. So as we wrap up this episode of the podcast, and I want to leave the last words to Alicia, would you have any advice or parting words to share with all our listeners as we close up the podcast? Not just for our listeners, our friends, our parents out there, but also for myself and my husband to, to keep at it, to keep at this thing yeah, called parenting. I'm sure we all, those of us who parent children, know that it is an absolute joy, it's an absolute privilege to be raising up uh, not just teenagers or toddlers, but uh, eventually adults will take flight one day. Sometimes along the way, we can get discouraged, but know that these setbacks or even successes do not need to define you. 
they don't define us. We don't need to measure our sense of worth from parenting. Yeah, as a parent, as an individual, we need to be assured of who we are, our own the identity and personhood. So the last P maybe is about personhood. We need to keep at it in terms of growing ourselves, also in maturity, so that we may parent well, raise up our children with joy and delight, with that greater sense of purpose. Enjoy the journey. Thank you very much. Yes, enjoying the journey. As the saying goes, parenting is often like flying a kite. Uh, there are times that we need to learn to let go. There are times that we need to learn to pull it tighter. You know, but the key thing that we all learn and we all should remember is that we are always holding on to the string you know, because of that relationship that we have with our children. So thank you so much, Alicia, for taking your time and sharing with us your wisdom and your personal anecdotes and your parenting experience on today's Parentnet podcast. To all our listeners, thank you for tuning in and we hope you have gained some tips and also feel reminded that we are all in this parenting journey together. Now, while we want to shape our children's values, educate them about sex and sexuality, and equip them to have healthy relationships, where do we begin? Coming up in March, Focus on the Family Singapore is having a webinar on relational health and sexual intelligence, where you will gain tools, strategies, and practical handles on how to tackle common problems with your children in the area of sex and sexuality. So you can visit our website at family.org.sg slash RFRK sexual intelligence to find out more information. We hope you can share this podcast with a friend of parents you know, who might benefit from this episode as well. Be sure to catch us on our next Parentnet podcast. Until next time, have a great week with your family. <laughs>